0: to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind and Soul Healing Conversations.
1: (laughs) A joyful life is a present, authentic life It is living at your full potential as a whole human being. When you live from this place of fulfillment and well-being, you begin to observe yourself from a fresh perspective. You also become more attuned to the beautiful nuances of the world around you and the impact you have in it. Like most people, however, you may often find that your reservoir of joy is running low, or in extreme cases, it may even seem to run dry. But with a little self-observation, you can begin to discover which mindsets and choices drain your emotional wellness, and which ones replenish you instead. This awareness empowers you to take steps towards living a more fulfilling life. When you live the best version of yourself, you are present and experience authentic wholeness. So, while you may think you can't generate joy on demand, you can choose your thoughts, and in doing so, you can reconnect to your best version of yourself in any moment. This is where the beauty of regeneration begins. Like a starfish that replaces a lost or damaged limb with a new one, you too can begin to restore lost parts of your well-being by transforming your awareness and thought choices. Valerie Atellis interviews Anne Scotland, the author of Live for Joy. Anne Scotland... MACPC has worked in the industries of motivation and well-being for over a decade. Anne is a nature and animal lover, mountain hiker, humanitarian, world traveler, doting dog mama, influencer, and award-winning writer and actress. Her friends and clients love her for her warm empathy and joy de vivre. She lives with her husband and two mini schnauzers in Santa Monica, California. Or at her secret mountain hideaway. Anne is the founder of the Power of Joy Institute, which is dedicated to the study and practice of joy and offers corporate training and retreats supporting emotional wellness and optimal work life integration. Meet Anne at annscotland.com. Here is the interview with Anne Scotland.
0: In your own words,
2: who is Anne Scotland? <laughs> Anne Scotland is a heart full of love with a message of joy and a lot of enthusiasm to go along with it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a beautiful recipe, a formula for something beautiful. Uh, and speaking of that, how did you come to be you?
2: Hmm. How did you realize that? Wow. Wow. Um, I think through a life of challenges, of strange upbringing, journeys that have taken me, you know, around the world and through various relationships and even careers, finding myself in a place that brings me peace and joy is really the answer. Because if you don't have mm. peace and joy, mm. what do you really have? Would you say that? This
0: What you have found, peace and joy, it's connected to the work of healing. And if it is, how was it? How was your healing journey? Can you talk to me for a moment Mm. about
2: that? Yeah, I think the interesting thing about peace and joy is, to a certain extent, I think we're born with it. And I love that. I teach that joy is our birthright as a human being. We had, most of us had it as an infant, as a young child, that sort of joyful abandon where you just don't care who's watching, <laughs> you're mm-hmm. just in yeah. your best self. <laughs> That's true. Um, and, true. But when you talk about healing, um, it's interesting because in order to have healing take place, it means there's been wounding and tearing before. We don't need the healing if there hasn't been wounding and tearing. And um, so, you know, we do often have to go through this journey. It's sort of a second birth in our, often our childhood or adulthood, uh, a birth of pain uh, as an individual. But finding the space to heal, finding what heals you personally is very important because There is no one size fits all. There is no recipe for everyone in the world because we're unique and glorious human beings. So learning to have an open mind and be able to be in tune with ourselves and find what we need to heal, I think is the first step.
0: And then I'll ask the same question to you. What have healed you?
2: Well, one of the things that is very close to my heart, so one of the healing potions in my (laughs) world is, is nature. I love nature so, so much. I spend a lot of time in nature. There's something very clear and connected about nature. I say that, you know, nature walks in our shoes, looks through our eyes, (laughs) beats in our heart because we're really part of it. And when we start recognizing that, if you have an attunement to nature, once you really kind of take it in, it speaks volumes and it, it just, it transforms something very deeply in you if you're a person who who really resonates with nature and I also Mm. love animals I would be remiss to not say (laughs) I get a lot of healing personally from dogs yes Yes. (laughs) I'm
0: about it yes so true (laughs) animals that's interesting when I think about nature and animals We are not apart from them. That's what we are too. We are in an animal body and we are nature. There's no difference really. But for some reason we have become disconnected. And that might have to do with what you said before, the challenges and then the wounds uh, along the way. Yeah, let me ask you this question. Do you see a destination for healing? Is there a destination for healing? Can we say that we are healed 100%?
2: That's a really good question. And and I think a loaded question too. Uh, I would have to say you can be whole in this present moment. It doesn't mean we won't receive more injuries from the world. It's a rough place to live. But in the present moment, you can be whole now by choosing to fill yourself with joy, with love, And I say joy and love are fed by practicing kindness and compassion to others and just being present and whole. There's a certain there's a certain acceptance that comes with wholeness. It's not complacency and it's not excuses and it's not saying that we might not have scars it's, it's an acceptance that we are whole in this moment as we are. We are still on this earth. We are still present. We are still beautiful. And the reason I know we're present and beautiful is because we have so much to offer and so many other people who could benefit from our healing touch. And for me personally, that's a tremendous motivation. And I know it is for you too, um, to be present, to be whole. So that you can serve.
0: So in your book, you write, a joyful life is a present, authentic life. It is living at your full potential as a whole human being. We talked about wholeness already. It was one of my questions. The other one is about being authentic. Do you connect authenticity to spirituality and healing?
2: Yes, yes and no. So I think that for those who have a deep spiritual connection, their authenticity is often linked for them to something greater than themselves, um, a source from which they receive power um, and that they are able to serve from. And so in that case, I say absolutely yes. But some people who don't have that connection but can still be whole, they can still be authentic. And I think one of the first steps to being authentic is (laughs) getting incredibly honest with yourself. Stop having pretenses in front of yourself and others. Just be you. Do you always put on your best face, your fake smile, or do you also let people know that you have challenges and that you've had, that you have suffering and that you have to overcome obstacles? You know, if, if someone puts you on a pedestal, The greatest service you can do to them is say, if I'm going to be really authentic and honest with you, I wrestle with this or I wrestle with that or I have to guard against depression because it's something that's in my system I was born with. I have these weaknesses and part of being authentic is acknowledging that. Um, one, so I can grow, and two, so I can give other people hope because they have their own issues, and it helps to know that none of us are perfect.
0: (laughs) Right. That's so true. We are whole but not perfect. (laughs) Exactly. I like that. It's like nature itself, isn't it? And that is, it's so imperfect, but perfect and whole at the same time. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, you can be whole. You can be, you can be broken and whole, and that's a whole separate discussion. Uh, I think I we it. could have. <laughs> yes. And I don't. And I don't yeah, know what page yeah. it is in the book. Um, uh, but there is a there's a picture in there, and I think it's um, under um, I think it's under be a benevolent world citizen. I think that's the chapter. But um, and the picture is of two flowers, each in its own. Um, clay pot, if you will. Yeah, I, I saw and that. Yeah. one of them has, one of the pots has broken, and and the flower has fallen out, and the the flower that's still standing is looking down at it, and I just feel like it has this almost, you know, humanized feeling to it, and and yet I felt like you know, if we can't share what we've learned when we are broken, then we can't build up others. If we can't say. Yeah. You know, I can relate to you. I can empathize with you because I've been there too. I'm not trying to be a superhero. I am trying to be an authentic person who who has the ability and the desire to bring healing to others as well as myself.
1: Mm,
0: Yes, a billion times to that. That takes humility and trust, it seems (laughs) to me, right? Doesn't it? Indeed. (laughs) Um, And this idea of being the superhero, the superwoman, superman, what does it come from? Is that something that we feel pressured by society? Is It has to do with fear. Do you have some ideas for that to be...
2: (laughs) Yeah, you know, I think it comes from honestly, is you know, from childhood. Uh, Our parents give us the most affirmation when we perform in a way that they consider um, ideal, um, either empowered, you know, either you're tough or you're. Uh, can create art or you have social really great social skills and they affirm that and then all the stories were fed whether they're fiction or fantasy or reality where you know there's always heroes who are who are kind of greater than life and i think that it does serve a purpose i think it does serve to kind of create This concept in our young minds that you can be an ennobled human being. You can live for something higher. You can push yourself out of your comfort zone, especially if it's making a positive difference in the world. But the other thing about being a true, authentic, superhero is realizing that you also have weaknesses. Right. You know, cuz even in the com- even in the comic strip superheroes, right? <laughs> they you know, most of them have um, a weakness. Yeah, and I true. think that we forget true. that. <laughs> you know, that this is the that with with strength and with talent also comes weaknesses and it's I think it's to keep us humble because otherwise we just start judging others and looking down on them and then mm. and then in what way are we helping them
0: from your perspective what is to live our full potential and
2: to live your full potential to live your full potential is really to embrace who you are without needing to change yourself and i think that's really interesting because we all see our flaws and we all see our weaknesses and failures, but because we're so focused on that, we tune out the amazing things that we are and that we do. We, we are focused on, well, I, you know I, I get impatient or sometimes I'm unkind to people or I can never do something right or I can't keep a job or we find those negative things but any one of those things that we are told are negative, that same human being might be magnificently good and kind with animals. They may have incredible gifts to teach other people or to teach children. They may be be creative and be able to build amazing things with their hands or their hearts or their words or their music. So, I do not believe in a duality around mm-hmm. the human being. And yeah. that's a bold statement. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, But I believe that we are all equally good and equally flawed. And when we start to realize that, You know, we can heal from our wounds, but we will still have scars. We will still be human. We will still make mistakes. Yes, (laughs) so true. (laughs) But we can also be inspired Mm. by what we can bring to the world. And you know you're connected to your true potential when giving back fills you up to overflowing yourself.
0: Talk to me for a moment about the main intention of writing your book, Live for Joy.
2: Mm -hmm. I really wanted to create a personal empowerment book that could really feed your heart and soul, even if you only had a minute or two. So many people are so busy. You don't have time to read a whole chapter or you only get to read something on the weekend. And I thought, you know, we need we need kind of bite-sized gifts of inspiration, philosophy, spirituality, wisdom. We need these kind of bite-sized thoughts that we can take with us. And also, you know, I divided up the book into 12 themes to kind of find what it is you're looking for in that moment or in that day and go to that chapter and pull something out that really speaks to you. And I also just I'm a very kinesthetic person, a visual person, as much as I love words. Uh So I wanted to create something that was um, poignant and speaks deeply through words, but also is very visually inspiring. And that's why, you know, every every page of the book has beautiful photography or artwork that is picked, selected by me very specifically to... um, to match what the words are. So you really get to have a full experience. You could just look at the image or you could look at the words or you could look at them together. And it kind of gives you a picture in your mind. It gives you something to kind of think about, um, during your day. And I know a lot of my clients love to keep this book on their bedside table or on their desk or on their, you know, their coffee table, just kind of for that quick reference reason, you know, and, um, and I've appreciated their feedback. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's beautiful, though. I love the pictures. I was actually looking at the pictures more than the words at some point. Perfect. But there's one that caught my attention. Lots of quotes I have here that really caught my attention. Some of them were, uh, this one, being serious never made anyone happy. (laughs) this this uh really caught my attention it will be actually the title of the episode because how much i love that Uh, (laughs) being serious never made anyone happy is that fear that keeps us in this space of seriousness of tightness what is it any from your perspective
2: fear or something else Yeah. Being serious never made anyone happy. I think fear is the bottom line. Fear is the most and most deep and accurate answer, but I think it, it presents itself in many ways, you know, taking work too seriously over what your heart needs, you know, living in a place of stress. We experience these things when we feel like we're going to fail at something, which is fear again expectations of others, you know, the pressure of a a professional musician or an athlete to perform, um, to hit the mark, to win the next, you know, whatever the next competition is in front of them. It makes you very serious. Now you can be serious when it need when you need to be. But if you're serious all the time, when you're in that place, and I'm sure most people can relate to nights of sleeplessness, from anxiety or distress, con- then you're really you're not you're not happy. And I, I think that it's a chronic um, disease in our society, especially in a Western mindset, which is where performance and money, And who you know and what you have are all the benchmarks of "quote unquote" being happy. Um, It just becomes tied to sort of a a whole holistic consumerism, which is partly why I love the word joy, because to me happiness has been the word has been tainted a little bit because of all of the consumerism that's tied to it and the images were shown on TV all the time and the advertisements, the commercials, where it's something kind of external, is how we've warped that word. Whereas for me personally, and I know it's just semantics, but joy is something that comes from the inside, joy is something that's more authentic something that's coming from a much deeper place. You could have misfortune going on around you and still have joy in your soul, which Mm. is different from kind of the classic happiness. You know, did you get the toy you wanted for Christmas? Are you happy or are you unhappy? (laughs) Yeah, so true.
0: Yeah, it resonates very much does. Mm -hmm. It's coming from the heart, really, isn't it? This uh, To me, comes as um, being grateful to be in a human body, that this is already fulfillment. And then automatically, everything becomes lighter. It's interesting. I love this idea, this word "light," because it has to do with playfulness. So it's open, and like the heart is open, and it's playful, almost like a child mm-hmm. to just exploring, mm-hmm. being curious. And seriousness, I, it seems like you're right. Um, has to do with responsibility too, right? And it's mm-hmm. not just fear. Because, mm-hmm. like, I cannot laugh all, like, the entire interview. <laughs> that would not be <laughs> right. responsible or kind of <laughs> prepare for the interview, you know, and just not taking a serious, I mean, mm-hmm. not being serious about it. So, yeah, it might be also a balance. We hear that word a lot. So I guess it's a, a question I often ask my guests. What is balance? Can we really get there and stay there? Or oh, there's no mm-hmm. such a thing as balance?
2: I think a balance... Balance is a beautiful word, and we all have visual images that we associate with balance, whether it's in life, you know, in life and work, or whether it's, you know, um, happiness or being super serious. I see life a little bit more as a process of integration. I think it's a little different. I think integration is more realistic than balance, so, like you just mm, said, you can't mm. be laughing the whole time. Although we've had several good laughs already on yes, this true. podcast, <laughs> yeah. but you also there's serious <laughs> moments. I mean, we don't necessarily you're not going to laugh at a funeral in most cases, right? Um, but it's about integrating. So the balance it's it's just semantics again. It's how you want to use the word, but realizing that you can be, you can experience sadness and still have joy deep within you, or. You can be happy and still carry out your tasks responsibly. It's integration. We're so complex. it we're never all one thing or all the other thing. And I think that's where, What creates even more unhappiness in us is this idea that we are either, say, happy or we're not, or we're successful or we're not. Everything is either it's 100% or it's zero. No, we're so much more fabulously complex than that, which is really beautiful because when you can be simultaneously in touch with a variety of these aspects within your own being at any one time, what's most beautiful about that is you can reach out and touch someone else where they're at in that moment. Because I could be having a happy day, but I could see someone sitting on a bench crying and be deeply touched because I'm I am aware to all those pieces in me and I'm not denying them. I'm not denying that I might've been impatient with someone in my family mm-hmm. <laughs> this morning. Uh, I'm not, you yeah. know, but I'm also <laughs> loving the sunshine, right? Like being okay yeah. with the wholeness again, I think that brings the integration, which is in a sense, its own kind of balance
0: that made me think about nature again. So it's yes. interesting when I think of you, you know, the way you speak, It's uh, uh it inspires the mind to visualize nature. And that's interesting. Like So,
2: um, so much with nature. I mean, death and life and change and seasons and things growing and things decaying and, you know, the constant change within nature, within animals, within the plant life, within the universe, is mind-blowing. And when we put ourselves in that picture, then we realize that there's nothing really freakish or strange about us. Right. We really fit into the picture of nature quite naturally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, uh, doing what it does, right? Um, yes. with no order, really, but uh, yes. it looks like it has order, right. but it doesn't. <laughs> So you are an emotional wellness specialist and also the founder of the Power of Joy Institute. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about what it's like to work with you and how can we do that? How can we hire you for sessions? Do you work mm-hmm. with clients online, offline, groups, individuals, corporations?
2: Sure, So, yes. So I've been um, a business and life coach for many years, and um, I do still take some clients on request for that. That is one of my favorite things to do. One of my other favorite things to do is working with groups, whether it's um, from an organization, whether it's from a company, uh, whether it's I have a corporate sales group I'm working with right now which is bringing that emotional wellness into your workspace um, through training sessions, virtual or in-person, retreats, uh, virtual or in-person. Really helping people come together as a group and experience their joy and find ways to apply it to whatever their goals are. You know, if we're, if I'm doing a, I can do a mastermind group with entrepreneurs and we really tap into their best selves and empower them from a, an emotional wellness, a joyful place into building their businesses, or it can be in a corporate environment where, you know, your, your, your salespeople are, are only as healthy as they are individually. So how do you And, you know, I think things like COVID taught us so much about how important emotional wellness is, even in 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 your workplace. Um, One of my programs is called The Genius of Joy in Your Job, (laughs) (laughs) which is, you know, Mm -hmm. finding that um, that full self-care that that comes in and not only benefits you as a human being at your home and your relationships, but in your job that also benefits the company you work for because when you're in your best self and when they're supporting that and when you're supporting that, um, you're really, you're gonna be in your best performance. The bottom line goes up, um, you know, employee retention goes up. It's just so many positive elements. So whether I'm working with um, a corporation or a church group or um, a nonprofit, I love working with groups in that way and as well as leaders, because I think um, to wrap that up, you know in an environment where you have strong leaders who are living by example it's a lot easier for the rest of the team to follow to have that open communication to have healthy practices to improve communication and and to come from a more positive place Um, I know from your own personal experience and what I've just learned about you from your materials, you know, I'm guessing that you are really clear on the difference between negative motivation Mm. and positive motivation. (laughs) You know, if we stand in front of the mirror and look at everything that we think is wrong, (laughs) that is a kind of motivation. (laughs) Or if you look at everything that you find right and beautiful, Mm. that is a different kind of motivation and it has a lot more mileage in it. So that's kind of where I take even on a professional level, like let's Mm. let's we're not we're not doing pie in the sky, rainbows and butterflies. Mm -hmm. We're talking (laughs) real life. But how can we learn to adjust our attention to the positive to pull us along instead of the negative, which can drag us down? So that's kind of my work in a nutshell.
0: I love all that, of course. Yeah, it resonates with everything. Doing and practicing, because it is a practice, right? And it's not mm-hmm. something that we just get there. And now right. here we are perfect. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. And there's
0: no negativity. We're not having those thoughts. Mm-hmm. But it is attention, right? It's what thoughts we give attention to.
2: It is a practice. It is a practice. And you can implement small steps right now in this hour in this day. Some people get discouraged when they hear about a practice and they're like, "Oh, so if I do yoga for 4 hours a day mm-hmm, for yeah. 5 years, then maybe I'll get there." <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Like, I love yoga. No complaint there. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just true. saying it can, it's not that complicated. Sometimes religious formulas get very, very complicated. I agree. It's simpler. It's so much simpler. It's about mm. taking small manageable steps now. And if you take a few small, manageable steps every day, pretty soon you'll start seeing cumulative change, and you'll be enjoying your life lo- more, and you'll start re- really rediscovering your joy.
0: <laughs> wow, well, when I think about joy and happiness, you have a video actually about that, um, mm-hmm. about the difference between them. You, you mentioned earlier, too, here. And I wonder if we can pursue joy. It's not mm-hmm. something we can pursue, right, and It arises mm. from... It's almost like creating the conditions. It's almost like a plant being in the right soil with the water and the sunlight. Mm -hmm. It's creating the conditions for joy to arise. Mm -hmm. That's what it comes to me when Mm -hmm. I think about joy these days or today as of now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think joy, um, joy is, I think the thing I love the most about joy is, again, you know, because I believe that most of us are born with it and that it's something that exists in our nature. Um, it just has to be tended and cared for a little bit to start growing and thriving. It's not that the seeds aren't planted. It's that someone's thrown a rock over the ground. You know, if we can start, you know, chipping away around the rock, letting some moisture in there, letting some sunshine in there, letting this sprout actually come up and grow again, it could be a great tree that will actually knock the rock away. You know, so so it's there. It's about finding the tools to let it come back to life. It's never really lost, in my opinion. It just gets suppressed often or, or covered up. You know, so it's still there. It's just um, learning to tap back into it, which isn't as hard as most people think.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. So it is in a way, uh, remembrance, isn't it? Remembering. Yeah. yeah. So true. So, so mm-hmm. true. I have so many other quotes that caught my attention. Mm-hmm. I love the one that you say, nature's art exceeds the imagination. <laughs> it's beyond imagination. It's true. It's like a yes. dream. And you say, every morning brings you the opportunity to fill your day with the sunlight of laughter, blossoms of compassion, and the fragrance of love. Mm. I love that one, too. I mean, Mm. because the laughter component and then compassion, helping yourself and others, and then, of course, love. And speaking of love, what is your understanding of love?
2: I think love is something that... Love is something that we discover. I think more than joy, joy might be intrinsic. Um, love is something more learned. It's a little more advanced than the toddler's love is really joy again. okay? So for for the growing human or in the adult human, uh, love is something that is learned and those people who were loved a lot as a child, they have that gift of recognizing what that was like. But even if someone wasn't loved in their formative years in the way that they would like to have been, it doesn't mean they don't have access to love because love is something that you can see and experience just by interacting with other people, by interacting with your pets, your animals, your dogs, by finding that sense of compassion for other things that eventually also allows you to have compassion for yourself. And I think once you've really learned to love even parts of yourself, you've really begun the flow And you're able to start experiencing love in a higher level with others. Love is incredibly complex, but it's there. There's plenty of people who want to share it. And there's plenty of opportunity to tap in. And I say to people who sometimes, I think there's, I know there's a quote in the book like this too. I think it has an isolated tree and a lake or something anyway. And it talks about, you know, if you're feeling lonely and, you know, if you're feeling lonely and unattached and sad, you know, instead of just making yourself an island or the single bird in a tree, <laughs> invite others to come sit in your branches. One way to kickstart the love and the joy in your life is looking for other people who you can bring positive energy. And when you do that, it it ignites something within you, something that seems hard to access or forgotten. When you start sharing it, you get it. This is backwards. Usually people say, well, you have to have joy or love in order to share it. You have to have something in order to share it. I differ with that just a little, which is when you spread it, because you have a concept of what it is, when you spread it, you start to receive it just from the very act of spreading it. So even if you're unhappy or depressed, if you can bring a smile to someone else's day, that starts to change something within you, too, and it's very beautiful,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, because everything is connected, we are connected there's that taps in that idea of interconnectedness that everything is for sure, not one, but it's the many interconnected mm-hmm. uh, I agree, yeah, that's a beautiful way of saying that too. We're almost at the end, and but there's another quote you said that caught my attention was. When you realize that the journey is really your destination, you will finally begin to discover and embrace your true purpose. Ah, <laughs> uh, the journey the destination being one, so true. And finding purpose, that's something that I have been still kind of trying to explore. I'm exploring with mm-hmm. my guests like what mm-hmm. it, what is the purpose of our lives? Um, and then we all say different things. So I wonder if, is that the same as passion, the, the gifts we have? Mm. Yeah. Talk to me for a moment about that, Anne.
2: Wow. Yeah. What would be the difference between or the similarities between purpose, between passion? I think that what is interesting about this, I'm just going to kind of come to it from a different angle, is a lot of people say, well... I'm stuck in a career that is not my passion, but I do have to put food on the table. I have this job and it's just the way it's going to be because in some instances, there's not a lot of opportunity for change realistically, but just because your job isn't necessarily your passion doesn't mean that you can't be expressing your passion in other ways. It doesn't, you know, your potential, your purpose, right? If you're a creative person, then find other ways to express that and share that with others. You know, if you love, if music moves you, then find ways to either play it and enjoy it or share it. Right. So your, your purpose, I think, is expressing yourself fully in a way that brings you joy.
0: Let me ask you another question that has to do with purpose. If life had one purpose, just one purpose, what would that be?
2: Well, that's a really interesting question because we all hope so, but none of us are absolutely guaranteed tomorrow. So purpose is really in this moment. How am I living this moment? How am I living this day? Am I so overwhelmed with stress and anxiety and bills, which are all real, that I can't enjoy the sunshine or the rainbow or a child's laughter or my dog coming up to get a pat or, you know, seeing someone in need? Am I so consumed with these negative heavy things that I miss what makes living worthwhile? So if just in today I make living worthwhile, then I feel like I have achieved my purpose for today.
0: I do have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. Before that, there's another quote that caught my attention, which was, uh, what it seems like the end might just be the leaves of change before a new beginning. I love that. Mm. Very poetic.
2: Mm. Mm. That one touches me so deeply. So deeply because most of us have experienced endings. Some of them have been very painful, whether that's relationships or jobs or even, you know, perfect health or any number of things. And um, but there is as long as we still have our breath, every moment is a new opportunity and it's a new beginning. And if some of the more tragic things that have happened in my own life that, you know, we don't have time to talk about today hadn't happened, I wouldn't have been forced to make dramatic changes or moves or um, rediscovering myself in ways that have empowered me to become what I am now. So I believe that nothing is wasted. Not everything is desirable, but nothing is wasted. If you use it, it will just continue to feed what is beautiful and strong in each one of us, um, which are just those leaves of change before a new beginning, new opportunities arise every moment. I love that. And when
0: you say nothing is wasted, it's so true. Even when we die, we lose the body, then it goes back Mm -hmm. to the soil and then feeds the birds and other trees and Mm -hmm. there there you go, life again. Mm -hmm. So where do we really go? Life is just, it's always here. It never goes anywhere. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So um, before I ask you my final questions, would you like to add anything else or read a passage in your book, another passage? Oh,
2: um, wow. You, you've mentioned so many. Um, I feel so complete with that. You've picked some, some of my real favorites. Um, no, I just think um, making room for joy to grow is, you know, and you could say it about love as well, but that's really our only job, Because when we connect to our joy, when we connect to our love, when we connect to our genuine selves, and we begin to love ourselves, when we begin to share with others and bring them joy and happiness, that's when we really start to thrive. And I don't care whether you're five or 105, there is still room for joy if you'll let it happen. So my message to people is be open, be kind to yourself and let those seeds sprout because they're there. They just need a little bit of water.
0: How do you define success? What is
2: success to you? What is success to me? Success (laughs) is going to make (laughs) me laugh now. (laughs) Success (laughs) is, for me, is living in my joy because I've had such a bumpy life. I've had a lot. I've had a little, I've had nothing. I've had more. I've had jobs or locked jobs. I've, you know, been married. I've been unmarried. I've been remarried. All these things that come and go. So what is success? Success is when I realize that being very alive in this world, being experiencing my joy is worth more than money. It's worth more than anything. When I'm for me and when I'm connected to nature, to people I care about, to animals that I love, you know, I could live in a castle or I could live very humbly. And I have in many, many times in my life. And it wouldn't matter because you can't put a price tag on joy in your heart and just feeling fulfilled in the moment and every day doesn't mean there aren't bumps. It just means I would rather live in that space than have all the money in the world. So for me, that is success. And if I can bring just a little bit of that peace and confidence and joy to someone else, then that's extra success.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's a beautiful definition of success that I often hear here. So it's a beautiful confirmation. Mm -hmm. And then let me see my last question. Yeah. Let me ask you this one. What is another word for life?
2: Mm. What is another word for life? Life is really about, it's about giving and receiving. It's about taking energy and sharing energy. It's about being a conduit. Life is about being a conduit because no one living thing lives exclusively for itself and succeeds. Being a conduit is living because when you get gifts, you share gifts. When you have talent, you share talent. When you have health, you use it to make a difference around you and to make the world a better place and to enjoy your own life. When you don't have health, you still have mind, you have wisdom, you have creativity, and there's still so much. You can't, no man is an island. It's such an old saying, but it's so true. So the only way to really die is to become completely stagnant just as you said a few minutes ago, even in death, we continue giving. The only way to really die is be completely stagnant where you're not taking in and you're not giving away. As long as we are being a conduit, we're living and you can choose how much, the more of a conduit you are, mm. the higher level your living experience will be.
0: Yeah. So true, I love that word too. It's so energy. It's always doing something, and I wonder if it Mm -hmm. it can be stagnated. That's uh, when I think about stagnant energy. I think about the idea of mental states like depression. Um, Mm -hmm. That seems Mm -hmm. like a stagnant. I mean, I have the Mm -hmm. experience of that, and I didn't feel good. I mean, energy cannot. Be stagnant, can it? I wonder Mm -hmm. if it can, though, from a scientific point of view. Yeah, I think
2: from more of a parable point of view, and what I said a moment ago, you know, that as an example, yes, um, you can hoard energy or life, but then you're not really living. Mm. But yeah, Yeah. energy is also fluid, which still continues, you know, continues to serve the idea of being a conduit. But I'll give you a really brief example. So, um, after I had gone through a very bad divorce, um, I had also lost someone close to me who had passed away. I was in a very, very dark place. I didn't, I was, didn't even know what my purpose was. We've talked about a lot of this already. And I really went inward and hid for a long time. And by that, I mean, I was in severe depression for a year, year and a half, and I didn't want to let anyone in. I didn't want to see anyone. I didn't want to be around anyone. I just wanted to hide and protect and not feel humiliated. And when I finally realized that I couldn't sustain that forever, like I was just going to continue to spiral out of control, um, and I was getting professional help as well. But what I finally, what was able to pop me out was when I decided that I needed to start focusing on someone other than myself. Mm -hmm. And I was able to find a humanitarian organization that really deeply resonated with me and my personal mission and vision in life and began just volunteering. And literally within a few weeks or a couple of months, my whole perspective on the world changed because I started working to help even people in faraway countries Mm -hmm, to have the kind of chances and opportunities that I have in this fortunate country where we live. And I was just, wow, you know, my problems weren't as bad as I thought. (laughs) I mean, yes, I was in a dark place. That was real. But as soon as I opened up again and became a conduit and started letting the flow continue, then my own mental health started improving right away. So that to me is an example of how keeping the energy moving Mm. is really living.
0: Yeah, that really, really resonates. I think that's what I was trying to get to, that uh, when I think about stagnant energy, I think about the idea of me, of the I being Mm -hmm. isolated, that I am Mm -hmm. here and you're there and nothing's really connected and I feel lonely. That really gives a sense that, We are not going anywhere. Energy is not moving, but it's still moving, but it seems like it's not.
2: It can slow down to an imperceptible level, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, right, right. That's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. (laughs) So my last question is, what are three things you wish everyone to experience before they lose the body, before they die?
2: Hmm. One... I think everyone should have the opportunity or make the opportunity to go sit out in the vastness of nature and just be alone for a few minutes or a few hours or a few days. There's nothing louder than silence Mm -hmm. in nature. (laughs) Yes, Yes, a billion times. If you really, really want to go on a journey of self-discovery. Now, maybe that doesn't resonate for everyone, but for me, that is where I really learn most deeply about who I am and come to peace in terms with myself and what you want to call purpose or, you know, my reason for living in the world. Also, this is just an and thing. Hmm. I think everyone should super enjoy good food.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, my husband would love that to hear that.
2: <laughs> yes. I believe in being super healthy. I, I work really hard to take good care of my mind and body. But I also believe in enjoying life. There's a fine line. So enjoying life, finding ways to kindle that joy, because I have, I know people who are so aesthetic that they've lost so much joy. Now, maybe that's somehow accomplishing something special for them that I don't resonate with. But to me, I like to embrace life. You know, I like to eat good food. I like to go on a hike. I like to play with my dogs. I like to laugh with people. Those are the things that I wish for everyone because to me, those are some of the most basic fundamental elements of being a human being, of being alive, is really living. And if we're buried under work and stress so deep that we're not doing that anymore then what is the point? Why? What is the purpose of living? You know, go back to some of those basic things and just really embrace it and enjoy it. And get out, because I have clients, a lot of people who've struggled through COVID and even after, like, getting back outside, going out hiking again, starting to socialize again. It seems kind of big and overwhelming. Just taking those simple steps to get out, to enjoy it, to really embrace life, go out to dinner, enjoy, enjoy the bird songs, just get out and be and live. That's what I would say.
0: Yeah. Ah, oh, nature again. That's <laughs> <It does. laughs> that's amazing. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, how many yeses I can say to that? <laughs> yeah. I love, love your presence in our reality. I love the way you express that joy in you. I love your connection to nature, which is just you are being nature itself, really. You're just merging back with it. So thank you so much for being you and for being open to life. Thank you. Mm, thank you so much. And before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects?
2: Sure. Um, you can um, check out my book on Amazon. You can also get the, the link uh, for my website uh, and learn more about me, which is anscotland.com. So that's A-N-N-E. Scottlin, double T L I N, Scotland.com. You'll find my podcast there as well. Scotland Talks. You'll find links to my book and other services. And also, you can search me on most social media platforms at Ann Scotland. Twitter, Instagram, and you know LinkedIn and more. So. Uh, reach out to me shoot me a message i would be happy to share your joy and um, i'm just so grateful to you for um, having me here today and just giving me this opportunity to connect with Mm. your amazing energy as well (laughs) and um, i've just been so grateful valeria to be here and to share with you
0: thank you and so we'll talk soon take good care all right thank you thank you
1: Thank you for listening. To learn more about Anne Scotland and her work, please visit annscotland.com.
0: To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.